God, like, we, can we start anytime I want? And, <coughs> right. This is a very unusual version of 20 Schemes Uncut. Uh, we've got Tasha with us, Jason with us, Andy with us. Tasha, big question to start off with. It's really important. Our three listeners want to know who, in your opinion, has the most receding hairline, Andy or Jason? I think probably Jason. Andy, put your head down. Let's have a look. Because Andy's hidden it with a comb over. That's my issue with Andy's. <laughs> I just stay as still as I can. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hide it anymore, Andy. Oh, look, he's I not gonna, on the camera. I'm going to bow your head a little bit, Andy, just to let us see. No. <laughs> no, no, look. He's just looking ramrod straight. That's not... <laughs> right. I thought we'd have a serious conversation, obviously. Um... Actually, I just noticed John by far has got the least hair, hasn't he? But it's got to be nice to John. Uh, right. Uh, we're going to talk a little about the church, uh, the coronavirus, which I love. Andy keeps calling it by its proper name, the COVID. COVID-19. Uh, um, what the church is doing and stuff. Got no plan, as usual, with this crack. So, um, Tasha, just tell people what you actually do, because I'd like to know too. In, in the church <laughs> on oh, church in general um so i currently oversee the children and youth um and i'm about to uh, take more of an active role in the women's ministry yes, somebody punch you in the mouth shut <laughs> up i'm gonna punch you <laughs> can we get a close-up of that john no <laughs> oh, ruthless <laughs> uh, okay so yeah normally you do the youth work uh, how's it been <laughs> How, how have you been trying to do youth work and stuff in the church since obviously we've been on lockdown for about a month now, right? Yeah. Um, so one of the things we've done in the very beginning was um, give out packs for the kids um, to do at home with um, a Bible. And so we've just been contacting parents to see how they got on with that. And we've also recorded some videos and stories for our younger groups and just put them on Facebook for the parents to watch together with the kids um, and then just really checking in and seeing how the kids are coping. Um, yeah. That's working for church kids, but I'll, we're probably right in saying the majority of our youth and children's ministry is for with unchurched kids, parents, aren't they? Yeah, so the worksheets and the videos were for our community kids. Um, and so before the official lockdown happened, we were able to um, visit all the kids and give them a quick explanation of what the worksheets were were and to work through them and so just keeping in contact with most of the parents at least once a week what's that there's many people participating in it yeah so we've been running little competitions uh, for the kids to do some drawing and um craft stuff and they've been submitting them and um yeah but it's just been really hard and having to really use our brains on how we can how we can stay connected and sunday school you've been doing that online as well right um, our Sunday school video goes out with our church service planner along with our sermon um, and we've been sending it to parents that have been asking um, for it, like so community parents um, and then our other videos are just going up on Facebook. All right and one of the other things you've been involved in organising is um, uh, a sort of daily meal run right just explain a little bit about what how that what that is how that works and 
who's how is the church sort of engaged in doing it yeah so the meals are we currently have six or seven volunteers a day um we're probably doing about 50 50 meals daily um and i would probably say other than four or five of those are all brand new contacts so they're people who surgery or um key workers and um, social workers have put us in touch with people who are vulnerable and so we're able to serve the meals um every day and we've, we've pretty much kept the same people every day um so yeah it's just been the same people for us we've worked hard to make sure it's the same people delivering you're, not, the same addresses. you're not delivering cooked meals are you explain what you're doing Sorry? you're not delivering cooked meals are you you're delivering food packages right um yes yeah, so there's a mixture so we are doing some cooked meals um for the pensioners for the elderly um, and then most of the other stuff has come from referrals. So we've been delivering food packages or going shopping for people or picking up prescriptions. Um, yeah, just, that's about yeah. prescriptions. Um, is, how, are we get, how is it legally then? Are we allowed to cook food on the premises and take it out to people? Are we? That's not a problem. Um, so we're, we are only delivering them. They come from another um, organisation in the community or just outside the community. So we're just really the stepping stone and with the contacts and we deliver. And you, is there other partnerships with other groups in the, in the community? Yeah, so um, there's Bridgend Farm which are providing the meals um, and then we are also um, working alongside kids with Kev Finlay. What about kids like before the lockdown when the schools are open who are getting <coughs> a meal at like breakfast clubs and stuff like that? What, yeah, so um, there is another children's project in the community that's um, going around with a bus delivering meals. Um, um, and I know for many of the families, the government are, are paying them extra every fortnight to cover cost of school meals. All right. I mean, you, you can't guarantee that this is going to go on school meals, but exactly. you know, and it's, one, it's one thing that we've prayed a lot about for protection for the kids and just for ways that we can fill in that gap. All right, cool. Uh, Andy, oh, actually, I shouldn't ask you, Andy, because you don't do anything more, but you, you only write your master's papers now. So uh, I'll ask you something, you know, intelligent, Andy, later. But Jason, you are overseeing the sort of Nidri team right now. What, what, what sort of been, what's been going on at the church during the lockdown? How are we, how are we coping with it? What are we doing to serve our members and, and the wider community? Well, one thing we did you know, right off the bat with our church, since we can't meet at the church as, as elders, we broke up the membership into kind of prayer groups. And so each one of us have taken, oh, I don't know, it's about a dozen people or more um, that we have like a WhatsApp group so we can kind of stay in communication throughout the week. And once a week we're meeting on a Wednesday uh, to just have a time of prayer and have a little bit of face-to-face -face on Zoom. And that's been a huge blessing, I think, just to keep in contact with the membership and to pray together. And attendance has been fantastic, better than, you know, our in-person uh, sometimes. But that's one way in which we've um, connected with our members through the church. We've also been uh, doing the 30-day devotion between us, uh, just kind of uh, supplementing to feed, feed the flock a little bit. So just every day we get to do a devotion and send it out to all the members uh, for their own use in the mornings or evenings or whenever. And um, then the other thing is just, you know, pastorally, right? Just calling people, seeing how they're doing. Um, 
and also making sure like I was thinking about as we um, you know it's hard when we can't go out and see people but it's just making sure we make good use of technology and we still have phones and we can still do face-to-face -face through um, through zoom but you know a lot of the elderly don't have some of the technology so we want to make sure as we implement these these plans that we're still doing our due diligence to keep in contact with our elderly members as well, which I think we're doing a good job of. And you're also producing music videos, aren't you? Yes, we are. Uh, hey, you know, we got to get a little flavor of our own music once in a while. You like the cheese, don't you? So you had, your, you had your family all sitting around playing instruments and singing cheesy songs. Next great. one's going to be dedicated to you, I told you. Is it? All yeah. right. No, I, I, Particularly loved Hazmat's smiling face on it. Even Tasha's laughing at that one. So, um, is it is it is it true that your wife was the first one to discover the disease? She's patient zero, actually. You'd never know. Um, anyway, so uh, Sunday services, Andy. Um, Mark, <coughs> Dever, Mark Dever won't do online preaching for his congregation. Doesn't think it's biblical. So why why on earth have you decided against my advice to preach online on Sundays? <laughs> you said you did it just to annoy Mark Dever. Actually, that's one of the reasons. Yeah, it's the main <laughs> reason. Yeah, we just made the decision early on that um, we would uh, just continue with our preaching series more or less. Um, still, even though it's not church per se, because we're not gathered together, uh, we still wanted to feed um, our people with, with with God's word, and we thought this was a um, a good way of, of going about it. So we just do a live stream, which Joe Matheson uh, facilitates for us, okay. uh, which goes on our YouTube channel, um, and uh, people just can. Um, stream that from 11 o'clock and listen to God's word being preached in the lead up to the service we've been using um, a um, platform called Church Planner which a guy down south has put together um, it's a really easy free um, service planner that you can put together where you can put YouTube music on it and prayer requests and uh, the live stream and um, and then email that out to the members. So that's what we've been doing. Uh, we haven't really been doing any live singing, any live leading or anything like that. Location as we all know that, but nothing good anyway. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not been live singing, it's just been recorded still. Uh, so that's, that's how we've, we've gone about things. We thought about maybe doing something a bit more advanced and techy. Uh, John, tell them the answer is no. Tell them why, John. He's muted. John says uh, you're a bullbag. <laughs> He's been in too long. I mean, I mean, I think one 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 of my thoughts for for the live stream was, was the temptation is as me as a tech guy, and you see this in a lot of the bigger churches, is to use this as your moment to make it all about you, and show what you can do. But actually, what what we're really trying to do is make it look like it would look like on a Sunday morning, because I think that's the most. I think that makes the most sense to make people feel like they're as close to they can because everything else is changing. So why start putting spinning graphics up in 15 different cameras? It just doesn't suit what we do. So that's probably why. I'll, I'll go invisible again. Right. John, I, I absolutely agree. The, the Americans, they come here, they talk about the rapture and all the dispensations and 
wanting to make music videos. It's outrageous. Well, but the other thing too with that that I agree with, we don't want to make it so complicated that we alienate a bunch of our membership too that find it confusing or difficult to be a part of it. So we're just doing it one way, meaning we're just making videos that they can they can see it their own rather than trying to do it two way where it's this uh, like we're doing now with Zoom. If it's just one way, it's much more accessible to the wider range of our membership, I think. What do you think about the rapture though? I think it's going to happen. I think we're, I'm a, you, you want to get into this right now, do you? You are such a. One of the, listen, one of the things I get asked, the big, one of the most, uh, uh, most popular questions I get asked is, is this the end of days? Mm. What do you no. think, Jason? No, I don't. Well, I, I, I think we've been in the end of days since the Lord Jesus ascended, so. I know, and that's why you're wrong. Do you agree with me, Andy? Amen. Tasha would agree with me. Yet again, the Americans all over the place on eschatology. I think, yeah. <laughs> right, Mez. Americans, you just throw us all into one camp, us Americans. We're huge. Two wars, son. About two, well, you, bought, you fought more than two wars. That's true. And lost more than two. Mm. Okay. Um, I'm glad this is going well. <laughs> <laughs> like the Americans, all they've got left is to bring up the war, haven't they? I mean, they've got. <laughs> I know that's about it. <laughs> okay, what were we talking about, uh, Andy? Can you? Um, I know some churches theologically, and we'll be friends of mine, so we want to be respectful of different views on this, particularly on on the ecclesia. The church can't be the church unless it's gathered in one location, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. My particular, my opinion on that, in all seriousness, is. Whilst I agree with that, obviously, it's biblical, but also when I, I, I read some of the New Testament letters, they're written to churches scattered, Christians scattered all throughout the world, scattered largely because of uh, persecution um, as well. And I think, that, I think that it's a good thing that we can use technology today in a redemptive way, even if it's not quite church. Mm. Uh, it's still, we're still trying to shepherd the flock in our care. And particularly, I'm thinking of what happens when those in our care have too much time on their hands. We've got a lot of addiction, a lot of mental health issues. Um, so just speak to the sort of some of the more specific pastoral reasons why we favor doing this over and against not. You know, like you said, it's, a, it's obviously a gray area. So everyone's trying to work out um, how to wisely shepherd their churches uh, during this this time I think um, in terms of the small groups that we set up for the elders that was just to specifically look after the members um, who are under our care so that each member knew that they're getting prayed for that they had an elder they knew they were specifically accountable to um, and that we could then communicate as elders um, to make sure that no one's uh, falling between and the cracks and exclusively member only haven't we mostly yeah there's, there's a couple of gray areas but it, it it's not evangelistic because you andy you you um run something on a tuesday tell us about that and then benny's group tasha you go along to that on, on a friday so andy tell us about so we're, we're, we're caring for our people pastorally we're, we're making sure we're preaching sermons we're looking after our young people and, and our children uh, tell us just uh, one of the ways we're reaching our community is through delivering food, etc. But um, what, are, what are the more overt evangelistic things we're doing, and how?
how successful or not are they in terms of who's engaging with us? So, um, yeah, I think um, this is an amazing time for us to be sharing the gospel with people just because um, a lot of people are scared, fearful, and they're facing their own mortality, thinking about death, thinking about uh, life after death. And so there's a lot of questions. Where's God? What's happening? Uh, why is the world a mess? So um, I decided on a Tuesday evening to do a, a short evangelistic course called The World We All Want. Um, it's written by uh, Chester and Steve Timmis. Um, it's a really short seven-week course, which we've done before at the church and that we've adapted to um, the scheme context and um, just kind of stripped back some of it and simplified it and made the language more accessible. Um, so we decided to do that. Um, I kind of put it on Facebook, on Twitter, got people like Tasha and others who are in the community to, to um, communicate to their contacts. And the first time I did it, it was um, the first week we did it, um, we had lots of people chime in, we had about 30 people on, uh, 10 would have been unbelievers from the community. And it's not been consistent every week because people are up and down in terms of, yeah. you know, where they're at psychologically um, or just remembering when it's on um, or saying they're going to be there and they're not there. But we've had consistently about four or five um, people listening into the Bible study who are not Christians. Um, so that's been really encouraging um, and asking really good questions and really following along with the Bible study. Um, so it's, I think it's such an easy time to do evangelism because one on a Sunday, you can just send out a link to your friends and family and say, listen, this sermon's happening. You've got nothing to do. There's no football. There's no shopping. You're stuck at home. Listen to this. John Matheson, you may know this. Sorry, Andy. John Matheson, you may know this. Do we know how many people are listening to our Sunday message? Over Probably about 40 people more on average than they would normally be attending in right. person. That's pretty good then. Yeah, that's good. Andy, that's, that's live streaming it. That's not who watch it after. No, that's what I meant. Like live streaming and everybody else. I'm, I'm assuming oh. a few, yeah. a couple hundred, easy. Yeah. Yeah, we have a membership of 80, so we're easily reaching two or three times the amount of people that we would normally reach that way. Andy, just to go back to you, um, and I'll, I'll get back to you, Tasha, for the Friday in a minute. In a minute, but um, we're not a tract giving sort of church, are we? That's not really a thing that we. Doesn't, we, we don't really do it in our ministry. It's not really a, an effective way for us. Mm. But it is an effective uh, um, ministry in other contexts. But we have um, been giving out some tracks, haven't we? Just explain to people what they are so if people want to access them as well through 10 of those. Yeah, so um, it's a small track that Roger Carswell has put together um, called Hope in, during the coronavirus or COVID-19, I can't remember the exact title. But it's, yeah, you can get them 10 of those. They're selling it dirt cheap. It's like 6p per, per track. So we got about 200 for 15 quid. And then we've just been, um, we, we've particularly been giving them to the food parcel uh, people that we've been handing food parcels to uh, because we've got contact with them. And then we've been encouraging members to think of key contacts they can give it to because there's no point just putting through people's doors. They always use it for roach paper or whatever else. Um, or won't read it. So we've been... We've been giving it to specific people. We've had one person actually, Tasha said, fill it in and say they want to know Jesus. So Tasha's following up with that today. That, no, I think you confused. That was Tasha. I think she filled it in. <laughs> <laughs> Tasha, tell us about Fridays. Friday yeah, 
So normally on a Friday we obviously meet at church, but we've moved on to Zoom. Um, and it's been really interesting. Tell people the name, Progressing Pilgrims. Pro yeah, Progressing Pilgrims, yeah. And it's normally, it's normally quite a split group of Christians and non-Christians. Um, but the last, the last two weeks is probably, a lot of it's probably been made up of non-Christians because it's, for them it's easier to access because they're already housebound or they're already like, their anxiety wouldn't um, like allow them to come to a group or anything. So it's, it's been nice just to, just to see that happen despite, despite circumstance. Yeah, listen, uh, on separately and quickly, I was chatting to your bro this morning on text and he said, can, um, I promised him you'd send him a link or we'd send him a link for Friday. Come, cool, yeah. Remember that. Um, sorry, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and that, that group's been run by a couple of our members, Benny and Amanda Anderson. Yeah. Years in the church now. We, we don't call it, it's not a recovery group or an addictions group. It's a, it's a Bible study group that people struggling with sin. There's usually anywhere between 20 and 40 people on average. Yeah. And yeah, so we've been very encouraged by, again, lots of people, mainly from very, uh, you know, non-church completely, haven't got a clue about the gospel backgrounds, have been tuning in on Fridays. Um, yeah, it's been um, really cool because so right after it, um, we do some of the girls. Um, there's a, there's two two of us that are Christians and two that aren't. That we we kind of just meet up on video and, and chat and to discuss questions or um, just because we would normally hang out anyway on a Friday. Yeah. Um, so we're just yeah, chasing up. There are other independent things going on in the church. I know some of the members are studying a book together. I know Andy's studying books yeah. with some guys. Some of the women are studying a book. On my prayer group on a Wednesday, now I, I started last week and we'll be continuing now to do like a 30-minute Bible study before the meeting and um, for my women's group that I've been given. <laughs> I've got 13 people in my group, 11 of them are women, and uh, they all like talking about Botox and lip fillers. You love it, pal. But, you know, lip filling could be a job for you there, Tash, you know, that little. Oh, that doesn't need any lip filler, son. <laughs> right um what's that to talk about oh one thing one controversial thing we had a very interesting discussion with um and you can jump off if you want tasha i'm just going to talk about the online wedding one of uh, the one of the one of the slightly controversial things that we 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 did a couple of weeks ago so i can't remember now was uh we conducted an online wedding after much debate amongst the elders and much angst um about whether it was it right was it wrong should we do it should we not do it now i don't want to go into the specifics and mention that name the people who, who did it but um uh, i know um it, there was difference of opinion on our eldership i spoke to a few friends who've been in ministry a long time and talked to them and I, I, actually overwhelming response was support for it doing it correctly uh, but others were still like super hesitant and didn't think it was biblical or honored the lord um but what was what was your thinking on it andy constable me and mark Devo were against it together yeah you were <laughs> uh obviously it's uh wasn't an ideal situation um, they'd organised their wedding, they'd been waiting for the big day um, and then um, they had to move the date once back uh, because um, of the lockdown um, and so it was supposed to be the Saturday 
after lockdown happened. So I think we went down on the Tuesday and they'd got everything sorted with the registry office for Saturday. Um, and so, um, yeah, on Tuesday they'd got everything sorted. And then that evening, Boris said, weddings are off. Um, and um, so we just, me and Miss kind of spoke about it. And I think there's a couple of factors um, involved. One, um, uh, in terms of just their sexual purity, um, didn't think it was right for them to to um, to burn with lust, as Paul says. Um, two, um, in terms of the spiritual side of things, uh, we didn't see any reason why, um, if we had um, online witnesses to the wedding and we were doing the vows before the Lord, why we couldn't go forward forward with it. And then three on the legal side was kind of where we were um, debating things because we obviously under the eyes of God, it was a spiritual wedding, but not um, legally. Um, we didn't know if we could go through. So we looked online and it basically in Scotland, it's very um, unspecific about uh, where the minister and the witnesses and stuff have to be. He says you can be anywhere. I don't say if they all be in the same building together. Um, and so we decided that we would um, go ahead of the wedding, fill out the form as you would do normally, and then get the bride and groom to send it off so that it was legally ratified because they had the, the date in the diary already with the registry office. So they had all the paperwork and so they filled it out as normal and then sent it off. So the, I guess the debate, the debate around was, was it going to be legal? And two, could we really do a wedding when the witnesses weren't there gathered together? Uh, with the church. Yeah, just to be clear for people who don't understand, um, Scotland is a bit unique than England, for instance. In England, you uh, a minister can marry a, a couple of, uh, I'm not sure how it works, for, but it, it might work different for the Church of England, but certainly if you're an independent evangelical minister in England uh, and you're marrying a couple in a church, you have to get a separate legal registrar to sort out the signing of the documents. In, the, in, the, in Scotland, uh, I am the minister and I'm the legal registrar. So I have both the powers. And um, so, um, yeah, so we had it. And that my initial concerns and still are my concerns um, would be, I, I would say it's a, a very, it was the unique, almost for me, one-off situation. I'd, you know, I'd have to be superly convinced to do it again. It was just a whole combination of factors came together at, at that particular moment. Um, we also invited, uh, we, it was basically by Zoom we did it and we invited the church mem all the church membership to come online. I don't know how many people came online, maybe 50 or 60 people. Oh, wow. yeah. Was it? And, um, and so in that sense, it was legal. We had the legal documentation. Uh, the vows were legal because obviously I have the legal wording and I have to follow my vows. Um, witnesses witnessed it. It was signed, sent to me, signed uh, and sent out. It certainly wasn't a traditional church wedding in that sense, I think what we said to the couple is afterwards, you know, they're legally married now and legally able to, to live together as man and wife. Um, they're married in the sight of the Lord as well, uh, certainly from the position of our elders of our church. But when, when it's all over and we get a chance to come together, maybe as a church family and, and, and celebrate it um, with, a, with a ceremony or something, uh, we, won't, we won't remarry them because they're married, but certainly we'll do something. Uh, that will um, celebrate it more fully with 
with with church with with, with church family. So it, it it is a difficult situation, um, and I know uh, even though we're talking about on this public forum, it's just so people can understand why we did what we did. Uh, if if another if a young minister asked me and said, "Would you recommend it?" My initial response would be, "No, um, I don't think so. I don't think it's ideal or good. This is just a unique sort of uh, coming together of events that were there. The, the paperwork was there. It was all there. We know this couple well, and their living situation wouldn't have been ideal. They were not a young couple either. They were." They were they were older, so there there were other there were other factors going on, um, but I can appreciate some people would be extremely opposed to it as well. Um, yeah, interesting ones, right? Interesting times for us trying to work out how to do some of these things, how to manage, how to pastor well, how to evangelize, how to honor the Lord. Um, you know, um, obviously, social media uh, 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 and just online technology is so advanced now we're able to do far more than even we would have done 10 years ago right mm. um, and so it's just walking through those things I, there was a debate um online i think somebody sent me a, an email and said would i what did i think about online communion um for me that would be a bridge too far i think i don't think we could all sit there with a on zoom with a little cup of wine and and do that together again I, I i think yeah i think that should be done with the local ecclesia the local gathering but then i would i would have said it was just, that would be the same thing about about marriage too thoughts on online communion anyone yeah you said you're american you all do stupid things but <laughs> you know we might just agree on this one then Miz. You're welcome. No, I'm not, I don't know. I, I just saw some, hey, listen, some really reformed guys who I respect seem to be intimating it would be okay to do it, which I'm, I won't name them. That's up to them if they want to make it public. But I was like, mm, I'm not sure. It's funny. So I, I'd, I've done this wedding, but I feel uncomfortable about online communion and we're doing online sermon, but what's the difference between that? Right. And just, you know, it's just like, oh. And the longer this goes and we don't, you know, gather together to celebrate communion, it's going to, you know, yeah. prompt that question more and more. Like, should yeah. we? They still only do it once a year, right? Three churches, I must all Is that generally a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Donald McLeod put an article about it today. Saying there's all in kind of church history, there's been uh, prolonged times where people haven't taken communion yeah. until they can gather again. Um, their position would be on online marriage, but oh, I don't know about that. But yeah, definitely, the free church's position is, I think, across the board uh, that they'll wait. I mean, they'll wait for communion to, uh, for when yeah. they can actually gather again, yeah. which will probably be our position as well. I would agree, right? And say so it's not like we, would, we wouldn't do an online baptism, would we? So, yeah, so the mind feels to tiptoe through in these days. Mm -hmm. I think as well this period is, you know, um, as well as the Lord kind of uh, pruning his church and using it to to uh, allow people to hear the gospel. I think it's also just getting us ready to lo longing for fellowship again and all the blessings that we had before isolation. Um, and so, unless, no. unless you're a 
off the wall introvert like me. I, I think he's brilliant lockdown. <laughs> I meant times, I meant specifically like singing together, praying together, um, having communion together, those things. I'm in no hurry to get back to that, Andy. <laughs> we all know about Jason and his family, so. Singing all the time, son. Right, I'm going to go. I think that's, uh, how long have we been, Sean? I can't hear you, mate. You are 45 minutes. That's not bad. Listen, we just hope it's been helpful for people. People should stay safe. But I do think um, this is probably one of the greatest evangelistic opportunities that the church in this country has had for a few generations. Mm. And we ought to think prayerfully and hard and be bold and um, be creative in how we're engaging people with the gospel okay yes god bless you all kids bye-bye bye, -bye. bye. bye.